Second Bananas is recorded on unceded Indigenous land belonging to the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Unceded means that this land was never surrendered, relinquished, or handed over in any way. We support the various strategies that Indigenous peoples use to protect their land and their communities, and we commit to working in solidarity with them. We acknowledge that as people living and working on these lands, we are accountable to those who have cared for this land since time immemorial. It is our intention to continue learning how to honor this responsibility. Because they don't want to give the vaccine away for free to all these countries that don't, that can't manufacture it themselves. But that's what's causing all these variants, right? Like that's how we got yeah. like, and it's that's so how India yeah. was like devastated. Like they should have at least let countries manufacture it themselves at like, oh, whatever, exactly. not not for free, but at least like give them the tools they need to like save themselves. Well, and now yeah. we have the I don't problem. Know why not for free though? Like, well, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, does exactly. it, what does it cost? Should you be now? for free. It well, should definitely be for free, but. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna like hold yeah, my breath. Unfortunately, that. it sets a precedent of doing nice things for people on the basis of that that we have a shared humanity, and we can't have that. That will ruin the economy after a while. It will. Um, yeah. I think totally. That's even not like free market. <laughs> like look at China. Like they had everything under control. Like they had actually like wh- whether or not you think they were too totalitarian or whatever. Fine. Um, like they 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 had they had a COVID response that kept the virus under control and then what happened was because they distributed their vaccine so early it, it's now lo- no longer effective and like we're just looking at being china in like five years possibly i mean we don't again like that's a long time off but like anyway oh yeah covid we're almost there light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> yes. uh, we're yeah. so close we're so close to just yeah. another variant uh, I mean, yeah. Again. Hopefully, they'll all be mild, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, who knows? Like, we won't get another super deadly variant. But we were hopefully. super, we were super concerned about the, um, the wedding. A few, oh yeah, whatever, several weeks mm-hmm. back now. Um, a, that was like the bit, the most dicey aspect of that whole thing for me, for sure. I was just like, oh my gosh, did you? There's a bunch of people going a long ways, and I think they're all gonna get sick. And I hope it's not our fault. It's all like I've seen like uh, the events that I've gone since then, or even going to like volleyball now. Like, uh, like some of my teammates will be like, I'm a little under the weather, but we only have four people, so like I need to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I even think but, now yeah, that I've- I didn't notice anyone at your wedding was was. Yeah, looking sick at all. That was like one of the joys for me, one of the highs of this spring for sure. Yeah, Um, spring. That's awesome. It's summer today. It was really nice. It was like definitely was definitely like also very much reminded us of our wedding because like we did ours on on Sunset Beach and then um, and then we ate. We went. We did it at uh, the restaurant in at at uh, the Granville Island Hotel, but it was still like, oh yeah, this is great. It was I mean, great. Yeah. yeah. Defied, yeah, defied yeah. weather apps too. It was like, oh no, it's going to yeah, rain. Get exactly. there. It's like the, do. the sunniest of days. <laughs> we called in the, as many favors as we yeah. could. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even care about the weather. I was like, yeah, oh totally. my God, I hope this isn't a super spreader event. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Be a bummer. Well, I mean, I especially. Because, 
because that's what I was worried about. Obviously, the weather was fine. Because <laughs> yeah, had you had a date previous to to like picked out before? No, this was the date. This okay, was the only date that was the then. only date. They okay, that's great. Didn't have to push anything. No. Did you do? Did you go anywhere after? Did you do like a honeymoon or anything, buddy? Our life is just a honeymoon. <laughs> That's I'm, sure I tell. You, I'm sure you guys both know what I'm talking about. I right do. Here. I yeah, do. I, yeah. I never remind my wife of our trip to Japan that never happened because of COVID. <laughs> never bring it up. Totally. Just let that come up organically yeah. as and when. Um, <laughs> she can reincept that idea into the into the mix. Yeah, it's it's not. She's totally over it. <laughs> And, oh, that's, no. and that's fair, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I will probably develop a thirst for long distance travel again. But um, yeah, yeah, I kind of played my hand a little bit in my twenties on that front. And yeah, I feel you, you know, did. You've been a lot know. of places. You've yeah, lived in a lot of places. Yeah, that's true. I don't need to do. T- yeah, there's other there's other priorities at this. I mean, stage. I'm kind of in the opposite. I mean, like we, I've traveled a little, and my wife has been to the states, but. She's never been to Europe ever. And like, we've definitely Same. talked about it, but, um, cool. or anywhere really, like we've both really like moving here was like a big thing, especially for us. So like, I think, yeah, I think at some point we really want to, but it's just like, we also are like, want to wait <clears throat> until we really feel like it's, it's good to go. I know. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to jump the gun on that. Otherwise you're there and you're like, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah exactly or like on your way there and you're like oh boy yeah <laughs> well even michelle went back to grand prairie flew back to grand prairie uh just in in may because her mom had surgery she just flew back for a long weekend and it was like mm. even then it was like oh, oh, oh my god we don't know we don't know we don't know we don't know but didn't get COVID yeah. from that all it took was a damn kid yeah I guess I guess we should get into it. Uh, welcome, dear listeners, to two 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 second 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 bananas 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 the bananas, podcast bananas bananas about histories <laughs> histories histories greatest 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 Garfunkels Garfunkels Garfunkels. That's right. If you want me to do the echo, you can just like and tell me to put it on in in post. No, I wanted to do it myself, but you can add some reverb to make it sound really cool. Okay. Um, That was a good. That was a good practical echo, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been I've been working on my on my my uh I want to be the guy from Police Academy for this podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah, what's that guy's name? That's awesome. I don't remember his name. Um, I just I had referenced him recently. Damn it! It, I looked him up. Something will no. I, I don't remember. Sound, it's he, it's he is, Mr. Sound T effects. Yeah, yeah, he is again. Um, is, is his surname Winslow or am I? No, yeah, I think that is I, it. It is yeah. something Winslow. Someone better look this up, or we better, we better, we better stop talking about it. No, um, I want to say Carl Winslow, but that's the dad on family no, that's matters. The dad on family matters. <laughs> <laughs> also, also an amazing comedic performer. Thank you. Really. It's, He's he's good. Oh yeah, and isn't he the guy? I've only that's... seen him play a cop, Dad. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. In yeah, but he <laughs> was the best cop matters. dad. Die Hard and Family yeah. Matters. He was. He was I the mean, best cop almost... dad on 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 the on the screen, both small and large. Yeah, it's right, true. That, he definitely never had heard. that niche. Okay, wait. Then. No, there is another role I've known him to play. I'm that sure is, he's done he's other a stuff. Judge on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and that is it. I'm pretty sure those are the only three roles what? he's ever played. 
Yeah. It's the episode where like there's a bird, bird? and then the McBoyles. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah, he's the yeah, judge yeah, in that yeah. episode, I'm pretty That's, sure. Are you kidding me? That's I don't think I am. I, I might be incorrect, but I what am season is that? I am like 97% certain. I feel like I it's like jumped season out 10, more. maybe. Oh wow, yeah. I haven't watched that far. Well, that's so. the thing. I didn't realize it the first time I was watching it. It wasn't until my sister pointed it out that I was like, <laughs> oh damn, that is him. Mm, there you oh, go. Man. That's one for Wes's sister. Yeah. Yeah. One for Wes's I'm sister. Normally, zero for I Wes. pride myself in catching cameos. And so yeah, yeah, I love that shit. I had to give it to <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah, same. I all I I Michelle gets really annoyed because. I will, the second I think, I, the second, like, either of us are like, who is that? I'll be on my phone looking on IMDb. And sometimes she's like, who is that? No, no, d- never mind. I didn't say that. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know why it just bothers her. But then, like, the problem, <laughs> no, no, she doesn't, she doesn't want to know. Like, I'm oh, always okay. like, because, oh. like, nine times out of ten, it ends up being like, oh, we saw them on, like, an episode of, like, The Good Wife years ago or something like that, right? But, like, <laughs> yeah it's right but i just I play the opposite game yeah yeah i don't think that's a cameo though that's just an actor doing a different job <laughs> i'll no, play no, if, if but I, like it's someone we recognize yeah. right yeah i guess I I know, i'll usually <laughs> recognize yeah, what, them and ashley will have no idea and well, i will torture her by not telling her who it is i'll just be like <laughs> oh you don't know oh you you better look it up because you just don't know and she'll never look it up she's like no just tell me speaking yeah. of which i think oh i remembered God. who it was off the top of my dome i think it's michael winslow Michael, Michael Lisa Winslow. got a guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Excellent. Excellent well, maybe... vocal uh, impressionist yeah. or whatever you would call that. Yeah. Uh, does he count as like a, a second banana? I, mean, like, I, I, I feel he's the top banana in terms banana. of sound effects. He's. The, I think like now for sure he's the top banana. Like I don't remember who the main character in Police Academy is. Oh, I, I mean, I don't think yeah, I've even like seen Steve that Gutenberg. movie. Was it was Steve Gutenberg. Oh my God. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh my god i don't know he's kind of like he's definitely the second banana to steve gutenberg's character they're like buddies that's he's like yeah like, he's like yeah. the comic dude and steve gutenberg is like yeah. straight laced but like what an absurd situation i can't believe the yeah. police are up to this kind of that's thing. a good steve just, gutenberg impression like, like <laughs> pow- powerful powerful yeah. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a regular michael winslow when it comes to steve gutenberg you sure are you're the Steve Gutenberg of this podcast. No, wait. I'm the Steve Gutenberg. Oh, no, no, no is, you're definitely. No, more if we're doing Steve. casting, then it would have to be three men and a baby casting. Ooh. Craig would be Gutenberg. <laughs> Joe, you're Selick. Oh yeah. That means yeah. I'm the, the other guy. guy. <laughs> like Nick Nolte. Oh my God, you're Nick Nolte. No, I'm. Is that I'm Nick Nolte. Yes, it is. Or maybe no it's way. what's his name, Gary. Whatever. No, it's not Nick Nolte. But I don't know who the third guy if is. If it's Nick Nolte, you owe me like a bajillion years. Ted Danson, of course. Okay, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like we're definitely like Craig's Gutenberg. I'm a yeah. uh, I'm a uh, uh, Selleck, and you're 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 dancing, uh, dancing for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> that's our dynamic um, on this. Oh God, we sorted that out. And the episode, every episode is a baby that we are raising. Uh, a second bananas baby um it's three men and a baby the second bananas edition that's right our baby (laughs) was abandoned our baby is now not abandoned we put we send them out into the world to to bring joy and light. okay because i was trying to think about how they came into the baby but i think it was through ted danson's estranged wife Right. I have yeah, not actually yeah. seen the connection. movie. We're going to need the three men and a baby heads to get at us with the actual three men and a story. baby heads. We know you listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, bring us the podcast. But um, yeah, today on Second Bananas, the podcast about history's greatest Garfunkels, in case you missed it when I was goofing around making sound effects. 
uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, maybe someone from history that you haven't heard of as much, uh, maybe is in someone else's shadow. And I believe, I don't think we've introduced ourselves and I'm going to make us do that because you never know when one episode is someone's first episode. So my name is Joe. Hi, my name is Wes. And I'm Craig. Uh, certainly no, uh, no pecking order to that order that we introduced ourselves in. It's, no. just, the way, it's just the way we've settled. And this is the way we I do think it. In, in a way, to a certain extent, it's honestly uh, saving the best for last because uh, I am vamping while Craig adjusts something. Uh, today is Craig's episode. He's leading us through the wonderful world of someone who is known as... Sam the Banana Man Zamuri. What? The Banana Man? Yep. That has relevancy to our podcast. Oh my, oh my gosh. God. <laughs> yep. Topical. Um, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a, a banana within a banana almost, like a second it's, banana. It's true. It's true. And I guess I want to maybe explore who would be the f- top banana in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be several. Um, Sam Zimmery wasn't somebody who initiated the banana industry, but he was close to it and he definitely revolutionized that industry. Oh, he got in on the ground um, floor. He wasn't. He got in the, at the root. He wasn't always, I guess, mm. uh, the head of the biggest fruit company, fruit interest that, that dealt in bananas, but he eventually became that and he eventually took over one of the biggest if not the biggest company and probably Um, without any dubious ethical behaviors whatsoever (laughs) and yeah and he didn't hold the hegemonic sway over a region in the same manner as say the united states may have Um, but he also kind of did and eventually (laughs) took or was able to kind of sway the direction of different governments at different times towards his interests. So um, I don't want to, I don't want to give the game away, but is this the origin of the phrase banana Republic? I was it really gonna, is. Yeah, I was thinking of that baked, too. Okay. It's all baked in here. Yeah. This that is, was one of my questions. This guy was an innovator um, and very banana oriented. Yeah. I, um, and he, yeah, the literally the term banana Republic does come, I think was coined as a result of uh, his penchant for installing friendly government officials in countries so that he could continue to grow his banana business which was an industry that's that's just like any i feel like any any like corporate player now would just consider that that savvy business like oh totally this is the thing this is the thing is what what this person did was as devastating as it was like completely milk toast and like commonplace in global capital i feel like devastating (laughs) but milk toast is a great way to describe um (laughs) any sort of like business magnate in the in the late 19th century devastatingly milk toast (laughs) (laughs) knock you off your feet yeah um so yeah but yeah let's get into it um so shmuel zamuri as he was as he was called when he was born in moldova in 1877 moldova no less moldova, that's in former russian empire right um it yeah. is currently in uh in eastern europe it's its moldova. own country currently. okay it's its right. own country now i wasn't no. sure it's not 
okay. no, not not at okay. all. What is it um, part of it, now? It's well, it's currently Moldova. Oh, okay. okay, gotcha. It was it was previously a part of the Russian Empire. Right, 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 right. Right, that um, makes sense. And Shmuel Zmeri grew up on a wheat farm in what are described as poor conditions. Um, he had a few siblings. Um, his father was a wheat farmer, as you would conclude from where he grew up. Um, and at 14 years old, he emigrated to the U.S. with his aunt. Uh, this was in 1891, and his father had passed away, left uh, him and his siblings behind. Um, his mother isn't really alluded to very much in anything about him. Um, it seemed to me that the father was the more significant in terms of any sort of influence. But having passed when he was 14, I feel like Sam was already kind of moving on to other things and right. didn't necessarily relish his time in kind of a pretty impoverished situation. So in any case, he was able to, out of his whole family, um, emigrate to the U.S., which is a huge opportunity if you think about it. This mm -hmm. is 1891. It's not even it's not even 1900 yet, and he's come over <clears throat> to America, uh, the land of opportunity, it's big dreams. <laughs> yeah, he worked at whatever he could to earn money, uh, from delivery boy to traveling merchant, cleaner to carpenter, basically just like hustling as much as he could. I think probably incentivized by the fact that where he came from the only thing to work at was wheat farming and and i'm guessing he, he was uh he was he was of a minority that was not very welcome in russia at the time well yeah and that was a big part of it too um and whether or not you know anything was too different in america at that stage no, yeah is, but well you know, i don't think america especially like if part. you Sorry, if you're in New York City, I you're mean, not getting American like, Tale would have me think otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Totally. American Tale tells us <laughs> that the Jews were quite welcome in America and always have been. Well, at least the Jewish mice were. Yeah, that's know, well, the Jewish. <laughs> you got to understand the Jewish mice have nothing to do with the the whole conspiracy. We don't we don't let them oh, in because okay. they're they're mice. They don't they can't they don't know how to or, orchestrate uh, a world conspiracy. Sorry. Plus, they're the last time they I go to Spielberg for and they're cute. World they're history. just so cute. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. take not historically accurate. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair. no. Well, you know, that's that depends on who you ask. But <laughs> so he, you know, he's obviously got this huge opportunity at 14 years old. <clears throat> he's working at every and any job he can get. Um, he can get. And before too long, he's able to save enough money to bring his siblings over as well, which is, I think, a really huge accomplishment for him. Um, okay. And he's, he's, he's beginning a good to provide a feel like he can get some traction like this move was actually um you know really smart and really transformative for him it sounds like he's realizing this american yeah. dream strangely exactly well this is the thing right like this guy is the like horatio alger story this is the american dream lee iacocca jewish <laughs> right exactly like coming from the middle of wherever with nothing and making something of himself this is the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. This is the stuff that the mythology is built around. So he first encountered bananas in 1893. So only a couple of years later in Selma, Alabama. Um, they were at that time, a novel and exotic delicacy, um, yeah. a new product in the market <laughs> that was, you know, just getting exposed to a new uh, customer base. And it, 
it was like an industry that was waiting to explode for it's sure like, yeah must be it's I interesting can't... to think about when like a lot of these foods were actually introduced into like culture like i because i totally. remember when i was a kid like this is also like a funny jewish thing like I remember when my parent, my, when bagels first came into stores and my parent, and that was like when I was a kid, kid, but I remember my dad being so fucking excited that we didn't have to wait for our family from Montreal to bring us bagels anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, it was very funny. And then they were like, obviously like he hated, he was like, well, they're not the same. Like he, sure. but he, he ate them anyway. Cause he was just so excited. So yeah, I can only imagine what it must've been like to, it's like it's like a, kind of like us eating. I guess like the equivalent would maybe be like a mango or like I don't even know what the equivalent mango. would be today because it's such yeah. a different. It's a different way because we we have we're so used to getting new things all the time too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it would be like to be if I was introduced to like a banana later in life, and I think it would have been a very mind blowing. Yeah, very mind-blowing experience. I'm trying to think of like a fruit that I tried for the first time later in life. And it was pretty, it's pretty like cool. Like I think pomegranates, maybe. I probably hadn't had like pomegranate seed until I was like oh, well, yeah. maybe like yeah. a teenager in my 20s. I was like, whoa, what's this? This is like a different taste, but a totally. banana. Yeah. A yeah, banana I mean, is something so fundamental to my my flavor palette. It would have well, yeah been nuts and it's such a thing that you give to kids now because it's so easy to eat for, for sure. kids to totally. eat for a baby and it's basically eat, baby right? food in yeah a, like <laughs> container were bananas already 100%. like that at this point or were they like sort of like still the bananas with like the seeds in them or whatever um so there were bananas. different strains of <clears throat> banana <clears throat> and oh. um and that's kind of evolved because bananas propagate very um very quickly and if the conditions are right they will just continue growing and then you they don't actually drop seeds currently all it yeah. is is cuttings of the rhizome and you just plant it and it sprouts a whole new plant clones but, it must have the, seemed like it it is funny trying to put yourself in that mindset and think it must have seemed like such a a weird out there plant like if especially if he's like sort of like not only I'm clearly we, he's the banana man. So we're not leaving bananas behind in the story. And I don't want to take too much Craig, but like, no, it no. just feels like it must've been so cool to be like, you just, you just cut the rhizome and you put it in the ground and it grows. What? Where's the seeds? I, what? Yeah. Madness. Oh, fantastic. Well, this is the thing, right? And it, as you know, as you guys were just talking, it occurred to me, like think about the different fruits that come from different parts of the planet or, or different produce items or different uh like staples and stuff like each of those has gone through their own kind of equivalent of maybe this kind of story yeah. right of being like an initial industry and then graduating to kind of a middle a, a right. middle industry and then becoming like a more widespread international thing that's like everywhere mm -hmm. around the world that has th this type of um, yeah. these type of conditions this thing is grown because it's it's good for for making profit off of right yeah. you can make a lot yeah. of money and so every you could walk down the produce aisle and like look at your stack of mangoes it's like well those don't come from western canada what's the story behind them coming here <laughs> you know what i mean how yeah. where, how did that industry sprout up who who all got trampled you know, white governments got overthrown, not to spoil or anything, but you know what I mean? Like every, you got to think like every item 
on the consumer shelf has like this weird backstory that we've like woven into our economy, but it's also like woven into our history and woven into these regions and the politics from these regions and like, you know, the whole regional dynamic between hegemonic powers and all this shit. It's just like so like laden. I wonder if history, it's incredible. I wonder if you're describing a phenomenon whereby that that's all obscured that exists in in political (laughs) economy or anything like that. Absolutely, which is maybe why it takes me aback so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, it is like for being somebody who tries to relatively pay attention to some of that stuff. Well, that's weird. Craig, that actually makes me think there's a show. Have you guys seen the show Corporate? Um, I'll, no. even if you guys have, uh-huh. I'll explain for our listeners. It's about two like junior executives, like a giant multinational corporation called Hampton DeVille that does everything. And right. one of the episodes has this whole, the whole opening cold open is like this, like inspiring sequence where like these guys are picking in like, you know, somewhere in Central America, picking bananas and they're like throwing them in the box and they're like, and then it, it's the music starts and it gets on the truck. And it's like the bananas are going on the on the truck and then the plane and there's like the Indiana Jones map with the lines and then it gets into <laughs> the it gets like the box gets into the warehouse and then they move it onto a truck and then it goes to the Hampton Deville headquarters and the banana like it has a hole in it so you can see the bananas the whole time and it's like time lapsing and then the bananas get put in the break room and then they turn brown and then like so like it's a time lapse of them slowly turning brown and then like someone one of the, one, one of the main characters takes one and he opens it he's about to eat it the other one's like matt don't eat that it's brown and he's like oh yeah and he throws it in the garbage and then the music starts again (laughs) and then and like the whole episode is about the sort of like it's a it's kind of a comment on that but like then the end of the episode is there's also a whole storyline with them trying to trying to get a military contract and at the end of the episode, it's a reverse of that where they manufacture guns and send them to rebels in that country. To, and then the gun yeah. doesn't work. So the rebels throw the gun in the garbage and like a it's Dude. one of the greatest episodes of TV. <laughs> that could that be the, like that could be the opening sequence for this episode. Well, and kudos <laughs> to them for like for this, for yeah. this man's life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Man. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Great TV show, but let us continue. I've said. <laughs> I, I'm glad that set the scene and thank you to the creators of corporate for making that. <laughs> so, um, so Sam's interested, these bananas, they've, they caught his eye, you know, like obviously something, um, that drew him in immediately. And he, uh, he heads to mobile Alabama to get into, or to check out the trade himself. He's like, I want to know more about this. I want to see what's going on here. Um, so within a couple of years, he's, he's found a niche basically on um, at, niche. The, at the port. <laughs> exactly. Um, at the port, he's, um, he's observed that the big distributors all, when the, when the ships pull up, the, uh, the merchants are all kind of taking bids for the load of bananas or whatever. And any bananas that have a little speck on them or are, or, deemed too ripe are cast aside because they're not going to be able to get where they're going to be sold um, in time to be sold as kind of barely ripe or unripe bananas 
And that's right. what you, that's what you sell bananas as, because then you take them home, they ripen them, they ripen at home and then you eat them. If they're ripe in the store at that time, that's a negative. That's not like appealing. So he's like, <laughs> appealing. He, he sees the, <laughs> he Good sees on. this opportunity of all these pounds upon pounds upon kilos upon kilos upon tons upon tons of bananas that are getting thrown aside and not bid on not sold not distributed while these big stone waste while these big companies buy up all these blocks of of green bananas that then ripen down the supply chain right so he starts taking them and gathering them and um and and reselling them himself and then after he does that for a few weeks, he starts hiring a couple of people to help him gather them all. And then they all sell them. And then he, and from there, he grows this thing that is a complete, it completely blindsides the industry. It's an absolutely amazing story, frankly. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's like, I'm guessing maybe banana bread might not have come into play yet, but no, no. Did, did all of these like big distributors just think like, there's no, we don't have any use for these bananas. Cause people only want the freshest bananas. Cause I, you, you both know me and my wife have this debate often. Are you a green the, the percentage of people that like a somewhat ripe banana and a like unripened banana is very divisive. If f- folks, if you look through oh, Wes I don't and I, they did their, yeah. Sorry, continue. if you look through Wes and I's Twitter history, you will find me sending him a picture of a green banana with tiny brown spots, and his reply was the throwing up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so. I feel I, I personally, yes, I am on the side of a a slightly more green banana than a slightly brown speckled banana. If I had to choose a side, we're gonna call that side the chalkies. The chalkies. Sure. I'm gonna call the other side the mushies. But yeah, See, my guess I, is they they haven't fully researched the market to know. <laughs> you know, some people might like those bananas that have yeah, a little guys, brown on them. Why are you discriminating against Wes? Come on. <laughs> no, I don't like those bananas. No, 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 no. Right, 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 right. No, but he said they also take the not ripe. Oh no, they only take the two ripe ones in this case. Yeah, I guess so, so they can transport them still. Yeah. yeah. So his his niche and what made the whole thing work is that he. He knew that, you know, the clock was ticking on these bananas. And that's what right. everybody at the top established um, companies in the industry all know this. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, don't even bother taking the brown ones because the brown ones, by the time they get where they're going, they're black. Nobody yeah. wants the like yeah. mm-hmm. very, very well ripe bananas at that stage. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ship them into whatever America somewhere, you need to take the green ones and then they'll be etc so yeah, he says so they wouldn't be they would be ripe by the time they get there so west would still not be getting his green you might be right yeah. at this point yeah 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 anyway. you might be right and so it's a it's all about speed in distribution so he just <clears throat> needs to find trucks um eventually boats and different modes of transit trains actually is the biggest um right is the biggest um mode of transport that he uses initially and he figures out a way to have the buyers in different towns down the line uh, waiting at the station to buy his <coughs> Whoa. What, what are called ripes, but they're like just ripe. So they can buy them and they can still turn around and, and sell them that day. So people are doing them and, and wow. are doing that. And if, they, if the shop owners in those towns aren't out there buying those ripes, other shop owners are. Mm-hmm. So then they're missing out for that day. Yeah, and then he just kind of keeps that going and builds it up 
Sounds like um, he's going to pioneer just-in-time delivery. It's yeah. true. It, it, absolutely. Like, a lot of the stuff that he's doing is also just, um, are just innovations that are yeah. happening in, like, global supply yeah. global supply it's chains just and making, like yeah and, this is like applying it to this specific industry right this is like an interesting thing too of like um like the big boys are dealing in such large numbers that they can afford to just be like man no don't don't worry exactly. about this. like whereas sam is coming up and kind of finding this exploiting this small niche that's not that's not that's still there's profit there but it's not worth the profit for them to sort of ex- update their huge because they're such a huge company and they, they rely on all these things that they don't, they, they're not, they don't need to innovate the way he does. Totally. No, no exactly. And you know, he <clears throat> earns a name for himself uh, doing that. And so he, this is around the era when he's, he's referred to as Sam, the banana man around the port in Mobile, Alabama, Mobile, uh, Alabama. Banana man. starting with $150. Um, he was able to save $100,000 by the age 21. What? $150. What is that? And that was in 1890s? In like 1900. Uh, like let's say. That's, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's like, like it's probably like a few million. I'm, I'm hitting up the inflation calculator. Hitting up the... We can we can keep talking. I just... Uh, so 10000 so, does sound good. So wait, that was in like five years maybe since... Or this is ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand? Sorry. 100, uh, so 100, within within ten years, yeah, ten years. Like it yeah. couldn't have been more than ten years because he was fourteen when he came to America. Yeah, right. And twenty one is only seven years after that. Um, that right. is three million dollars okay. today. Three million. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm sure it doesn't quite translate because that's always like the if, of you know, but like it's like it's like he was like essentially like a, a, a millionaire in his in his um his uh his 20s yeah for sure self-made hustled hustling ripes sam the banana banana man right on so sell us a banana banana man (laughs) i don't know i I assume i assume that's who the song is about but i haven't listened to it so yeah (laughs) elton john wait yeah it's all john john's classic hit banana man banana man Um, no, that's not Elton John. That's, Is it? No, it's Billy no, Joel. It's Joel, Billy no, Joel. Joel. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, were, I, I confused it with Rocket Man for a second. Right. Yeah. And then I'm, like, I'm a banana man <laughs> selling my bananas in Mobile, Alabama. I always think Banana Man is Elton John. And I think it's gonna be a short, short time before I make a million dollars in 2022 money. Amazing. Yeah, you, you completely. I'm available right for, for birthdays, and and you can you can hire me to session on all your all your 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 albums. So, in 1903, the dominant company in the trade at the time, United Fruit, offers Sam a contract. Wow! Uh, basically, they're like, okay, well, you're doing this and kind of competing <laughs> against us, and but also kind of cleaning up our trash or whatever. But if you're making so much money, like, why don't you make it for us? And yeah. so he, he signs on with them um, as kind of an employee slash, I want to say merchant. Right. Yeah, a, I wonder if they subsidiary. had the word contractor at that point yeah. or whatever. Well, he, yeah, he's he's doing distribution of mm. the ripest bananas for so what the they'll ripest do. Bananas. So what they would do is probably start maybe not throwing those 
right bananas away. Right. They just get him to, to move. They get them. him to deal with it and distribute it and make as much money as he can from it. Right. So he takes along, uh, uh, takes a partner, Ash Bell Hubbard at that time. And they start this firm to distribute for United Fruit called is, Hubbard's, Hubbard's Murray. What a sick name, Ash Bell Hubbard. It's right. almost Shmuel the sickest Schmuel Murray. Shmuel, yeah. <laughs> Murray. Should have kept with Schmuel. Shmuel Murray and Ash Bell Hubbard. Right. It's like a freaking Broadway pair for sure. I, I can't hear the name Hubbard and not go to Elrond. So yeah, uh, well, for all the OTA, OTA guys out there, yeah. I'll just pour one out for them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're they're doing really well in this business. Obviously, as indicated by Sam's success to that point, it's um, it's a really good idea. <laughs> they're tapped into something. Uh, Sam moves to New Orleans, and the company acquires a steamship operation, Ooh. Thatcher Brothers, as well as another distribution company called Cuyamel Fruit. Cuyamel um, is, I think, cost like twenty grand in the deal. Ooh. Um, and the Thatcher brothers fleet is, was significantly more expensive, but it was completely game-changing. That, that was like, like a fleet well, of steamships. Yes, exactly. They were like, they're actually like semi-retired cruise liners. Oh, um, wow. so they, big, they big were dilapidated like, boats. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were like pretty luxurious. They're pretty old, but they were workhorses. And nice. they completely changed the game. They let like opened up an entirely new horizon for Sam. And it was probably one of the more crucial besides finding those ripes by the, by the port and, uh -huh. yeah, and, and, right. and, and deciding to flip them, uh, getting the ships, getting the fleet. That was a huge um, turning point for the whole operation. I like I like the idea that they're just like they didn't change they they uh, they didn't like rip anything out of the inside of the cruise ships. They're just like lining the buffets with bananas and like filling all the cabins with bananas. And every time they open a door, it's like all the bananas, bananas. spill out. They also they kept it as a cruise liner, yeah, and just like yeah. made it bananas. a banana themed cruise liner. The banana cruise. <laughs> Eat all the bananas you can. <laughs> <laughs> daddy i'm sick of bananas you shut up we paid yeah. for these tickets and you're gonna eat all the bananas eat the ripes eat the ripes i don't like the ripes <laughs> eat the ripes i love i love the turn the ripes i can do yeah. ripes. Yeah. ripes i'm definitely working that into my vernacular it's a little skeezy so you might want to be careful i don't know it just it just comes across as a little skeezy but like, i think it's uh i'm gonna use it for pregnant ladies <laughs> <laughs> not skeezy at all yeah exactly as, uh, as the three male yeah, you should, podcast hosts uh, have confirmed i think not skeezy. you should just go <laughs> up to your wife and be like hey remember when you were ripe with edwin <laughs> you're the look at all those ripes <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. um yeah so their whole gig at that stage has transformed into running bananas directly up from central america and they've renamed their operation uh, Cuyamel Fruit. Is that because Cuyamel already had more recognition? And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it just rolled off the tongue a bit better than Hubbard Zamuri. Although I, yeah, I like cool. Hubbard Zamuri. I, I like yeah, Hubbard Zamuri, but I do like saying Cuyamel too. I think it was when the sort of like the like the two names was on the way out. We're finally Maybe. seeing it come mm. back around where that's like hipster cool again. But right. this was like, oh, it's no longer cool to have like a name like like 
birch and oak or whatever. It's like, no, no, Hubbard's a Mel. No, Hubbard's a Murray. No, no, no. That's on its way out. You got to be, you got to be one right. word and it's got to oh, be. I think maybe because. Exotic. Yeah. They're going, getting like the South American kind of brand mm-hmm. in there. Then, you know, yeah, like they're yeah. getting their stuff from the source. It sounds fresher, you know, it's like bananas exactly. are catching on and, and Americans want a taste of the mysterious Central America. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, that's definitely totally wrapped up in the popularity of the fruit as well, right? Is the exotic mm-hmm. and like novel nature of the whole thing. So around the same era, Sam marries his wife, Sarah. And in 1909, their daughter, Doris, is born. This is Doris. Doris nice. Murray. Yeah, this nice is name. this is identified as um, <clears throat> as something that that kind of pushed Z- uh, Sam into being even more ambitious than he naturally was because he wow. saw himself in a situation where I, he had made all this money, you know, and he was like very nouveau riche kind of, but too busy and to making too much money to really do anything with it um, besides continue to reinvest it in, in yeah. business. And he saw that as kind of a, generator for the profit that he could keep himself that he could use to secure really to go from like his family regular business like regular already like clearly like hustling businessman to like super saiyan businessman essentially (laughs) well for sure i I think that i think that that reference just just happened like gradually anyways right but but there's like a fear that that drives him he's like okay well now it's just not me that this yeah. is about now it's about this woman that i've married and it's about this new human that's about the future the world. of my child and her banana empire exactly and so the little bit of the like insecurity or whatever comes into play and he's like all right well like i can double down or i can triple down kind of thing here <laughs> and and he goes he goes with it for sure wow um so in 1910, he purchases 5,000 acres of land along the Cuyamel River near Omoa, Honduras. Ooh. He plans to move up the supply chain and get into farming directly. Um, all the bananas that he's already he's already getting rich from distributing. So now he's throwing out the ripes. <laughs> exactly. Which is not... Ex- except he's not. But he's not. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, uh, and also, to be clear, it's not pregnant women in this case. He's not throwing <laughs> pregnant women out. It's not no. happening. No. <laughs> Just bananas. Just bananas. It's okay. Those ripe, so the, ripe bananas. So the land in the region is prime uh, for banana farming. He proceeds to borrow a bunch more money and buys up a bunch more land. Um, is the land just there, or is he? Are they displacing I mean, people? Or yeah, well, this <laughs> okay. is part. This is part of it, and I'm glossing over it. Okay. Somewhat oh, interesting. Inten- intentionally at this stage, but okay. no. Cool, cool, I mean, cool, this cool. is all like you this is land that, but this like, is belongs. this is like post colonization in right this isn't like totally this isn't exactly. the, the first time like like europeans have sort of like destroyed no, no, the people no. on this land but like not hardly yeah, yeah. european yeah. waves of europeans have like come and receded and a few times at this stage for different reasons and okay. this wave is which sam is at the head of um, and also has like, you know, has impacted in certain areas already in the right. region, but he's like taking it deeper, taking it further than, mm-hmm. than anyone really. We have to go deeper, okay. further, at that more stage. bananas. Okay, okay. I want to see bananas coast to coast. 
And so himself and a crew of mainly Jamaican laborers uh, develop all of the land that he's purchased into plantations, building bridges and railroads to connect everything and just get it all geared up for pumping out bananas. Right. Just um, pumping them out. Banana ends. Yeah. He, in doing this, he's leveraged QML fruit to the hilt financially um, in his aggressive expansion effort. And mm-hmm. at this stage of the story, his partner, um, Hubbard, can't bear the risk anymore. Sam buys him out for his share and becomes the majority <clears throat> pardon wow. me, majority Man. owner. He's really with, going for it. With United Fruit, who will recall kind of signed them the contract that made the business possible at the beginning um, mm-hmm. was still holding a minority stake of ownership in QML at that stage. Oh, okay. So QML was like, they had purchased him and Hubbard purchased QML, but since you Uni- they were under contract with United United still had a stake in QML. Is that like how? Um, so him and Hubbard basically formed their own business after having contracted with United fruit, they spun off. And form uh-huh. their own business that was partially owned by United. Okay. Yeah, because this is the this is like the height of the first like sort of like golden financial age, of uh, right. of America, right? It's like the first time when like sort of like they really start creating what what would become like I mean like yeah they're like about eighteen years away from the fucking the the stock market crash. Yeah, totally. Which and that <laughs> stock market crash plays a huge role in this story oh sure. interesting okay um in in the future of sam and in the future of united fruit well yeah it's interesting craig like i don't want to get too off track but i'm reading um uh leo panich and sam gindin's uh um uh it's uh it's it's their book about the making of glo- of, of t- like how america basically became the global capitalist superpower and in this period they they do talk a lot about how despite the fact that there were these sort of like, there's sort of this tendency to see this period as like America being more isolationist. I guess this is even before World War One, but actually they were, this period, they were quite active and it was mostly through like the sort of Gilded Age robber barons. Um, totally. Adventuring in South America and doing sort of like basically a test kitchen on South America. And you're probably going to get into this, but of like basically what they eventually did to the rest of the world with like much more advanced techniques. Like they did a lot of stuff here that would eventually inform that. But yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. You're touching on something that's definitely like a a theme of the whole, the whole story for sure. I love it when I touch on a theme. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when you touch on a theme too. It's all It's great. (laughs) We should touch on themes more often. I should work on that. Yeah. I love touching on themes. <laughs> Touch on themes all night. <clears throat> so, so Sam is a real rarity in this environment as, as an Jewish. owner as well, that too. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but as a, an American gringo in, in the Honduran context with his boots down in the jungle, you know, side by side with the workers and out on the ships. Whoa shipping the bananas back and forth like he's into it and he feels that this is part of the reason why he's been successful is because he doesn't lose touch with kind of where the rubber meets the road in in the industry right like he's there at the port he's there on the plantation he's hacking through the jungle um you know this is a guy yeah this is a guy who like crossed the um the isthmus in central america from one coast to the other, which at Panama is only 34 miles, 
but I don't know if he necessarily did it exactly there, but he did it from one, like from the Pacific to the Caribbean a couple of times. Ooh. And that's the type of thing that like for a gringo, it's like, ooh, like, why, why would you do that? Let alone do it more than once. Um, usually people would be, would be sailed in or they would have like, yeah. you know, um, people that would show them the route through, but he wanted to do it on his own. I wanted to do it on muleback, kind of just a guy, you know, a salt of the earth kind of dude at heart who just happens to be fabulously rich from or becoming fabulously rich from bananas. Mm-hmm. For some reason, this was this just makes me picture Sam as being played by uh, Robin Williams. I don't know why. I just imagine him now. It's like being like, oh, I gotta think. I've got, think I've got, think I've got a little bit of a of a, of a what's it, what's it called? Uh, uh, malaria here. Better better lie down and have a constitutional. Yes. Mm, mm, yeah. You ever you ever you ever you ever eaten a banana from the inside out? It's like this. <laughs> Robin Williams impression, mild at best, but yeah. I just no, no, it was great. It was great. I was like I very vigorous and great energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so he's unlike, he's unlike any of the other decision makers in any of these competitor, uh, competitor companies, um, and in United Fruit in particular, everyone's based in Chicago and Boston and super far removed from where everything was actually happening in the industry. Um, whereas Sam was out there in the jungle again, fighting off exotic illnesses and commiserating (laughs) with the people that we're making him rich um just so being like a real cool cat you know yeah yeah i mean there's there's definitely an aspect of of like a pretty badass character to him like for like sure. a businessman that gets his hands dirty yeah like a almost like a like a teddy roosevelt bull moose type guy in a uh, way that, right. that kind bully. of archetype you know bully, bully, yes. <laughs> actually didn't that robin williams did play teddy roosevelt in night at the museum he did so. <laughs> he did good connection yeah. that i'm seeing i'm go. seeing things here so the banana industry was still growing fast but remained dominated by you know kind of the large companies that were um that tended towards monopoly so they would they would acquire, they would grow, they would buy out, they would take over. Mm-hmm. This is kind of their their mode. And um, so for QML fruit um, to be able to compete, Sam would reason that there would need to be some sort of efficiencies uh, to be achieved in order to get an advantage, level things out a bit, and give his company um, a chance against these big kind of dominating powers. So he wasn't really content with the standard um, bribery of government officials and the special consideration that afforded uh, that activity afforded his interests in Honduras. Um, So he felt that was a bit short of what the company needed to thrive at that time. Um, And he felt there had to be something else that could be done to kind of give him an edge. It's like, oh, you see this? You see this land? You see all this territory? Yeah, I want this. I want this all to be covered by bananas. I want it all to be bananas. Bananas over here. Bananas over here. All the way over there. I want them all to be bananas. You see, we're gonna make it bananas coast to coast, even if we have to overthrow a government to do it. And over there, there'll be a stage. There's an amphitheater, and there, the headliners, Bananarama. Bananarama. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. They haven't been invented yet, but they will do it, and it'll be wonderful. And that's me. Backstage in the green room, waiting for them to be done performing so I could party with them. Yes. Bananarama. <laughs> and hopefully make them all ripe. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sure he loved his wife. Who knows? That's that's vile slander, Joe. Stop it. Uh, yeah. So, and at this stage, he decides he wants to uh, complete a coup on a sovereign government in a country in Latin America. That's, 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 that's what he decided. Hello? For business reasons. That's when he went full good morning Vietnam. It's hot. It's yeah. damn hot. So at the time, and this is, yeah, like there's receding waves of colonialism um, mm-hmm. that are kind of like ebbing, ebbing and flowing here. And and Sam's just kind of rocking up like, okay, what's going on here? What are you guys doing? You guys doing a coup? I want to do a coup. Let me do a coup too. <laughs> But the U.S. government was in the midst of facilitating debt repayment negotiations with Honduras on behalf mm. of the U.K., mm. which is, you know, cool, really cool up, stuff. Upst- upstanding of the U.K. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. you know, they're deferring to America in their backyard would be my guess. So as to not upset the Monroe Doctrine. Yeah. Do you know what the debt was for? <laughs> was, was it for like was it for like their their colonialism that they somehow Probably. worked into a debt for them? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it might have exactly. been even. I mean, this was sort of. I mean, this was still a bit later, but it could have been I bet for. It, I bet helping, it was giving them guns to do a revolution against Spain. Yeah, it might have been something like along that, those right? lines. <clears throat> or, totally. or having lost forced labor through some transaction, or, something or just like that. fighting a war with another country, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. In any case, I'm sure. sure we can all rest assured that it wasn't for exploitative reasons at all no, totally definitely totally, not totally legit debt yeah britain was just being good and not not looking after its own interests for sure fair yeah. they weren't they weren't suffering from a receding empire at no, all. no 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 <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah. the honduran president miguel de villa was evidently about to proceed with the domestic tax scheme <laughs> which would funnel money to the brits and this would impact the vulnerable QML's profit potential significantly. No. So the way that the scheme the bananas is must work, flow. <laughs> yeah, but this is absolutely wild. So the way that this scheme worked is bankers from JP Morgan from America go down to Honduras, collect taxes via the state apparatus to repay the UK debt on behalf of Honduras as enforced by the JP Morgan bankers. And wow. the president, the president was about to go along with this. Um, but Sam is like, nah, <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> that doesn't I don't jive with that. So he, Oh, I'm not gonna do he, that. No. <laughs> he wrangles up, he wrangles up an expeditionary um force led by <clears throat> pardon me, by Lee Christmas, who is this crazy <gasps> ex-US military. Um, Latin American mercenary, super famous, um, was already wrapped up in an insurgency movement in Honduras and had already kind of pledged allegiance to the extent that that matters with this guy to the opposition to Davila. This is uh, these guys, guys like Lee Christmas are the origin of the term filibuster. Um, oh, yes. it was, it was what, it was what they, Same the mercenaries ago. that they sent into set. Like, uh, I, I watched recently also watched recently, um, the great film Walker, which is about a guy doing that for um, one of the railway barons. I can't remember who in, um, I, I don't even, I think it's uh, not Venezuela. It's um, Nicaragua. And, um, and yeah, the fil- the term filibuster actually, these guys were also called freebooters. They were mercenaries that were essentially hired by 
either the government on the sly or like a, a, a robber baron to basically go down and, and do a coup in the name of democracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. That's totally. And that's, yeah. It's like sort of like where the filibuster term comes from is a sort of someone just sweeping in and sort of just destroying the democratic process by being like as obstinate, as annoying as possible. And yeah. And, and shitty and violent. And, and shitty and violent. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. There's a great scene in that movie. And I don't, this is like probably perfect for this where he's taken over the country. He's uh, he's destroyed them. The, the um, all of the, the nobility of, of um, Nicaragua have, uh, have, um, have like collaborated with him and this woman, she's like, she's like, don't, you don't understand. You're like us. You're an aristocrat. He's like, I'm not an aristocrat. I'm a social Democrat. It's just, Wow, perfect. He's just reinstituted slavery and he's calling himself a social democrat. Amazing. Wonderful. Also oh a wonderful gosh. movie. Yeah, that Check sounds that great. Um, so yeah, Lee Christmas, who's a complete like mercenary rock star dude in Latin America. A lot of cool um, names in this episode, though. A lot of cool names was, for ruthless people. He was already aligned with Manuel Bonilla, who is the opposition or like insurgent leader in Honduras. Um, he was hanging out in New Orleans with um, with the uh, yeah with Lee Christmas and with Manuel Bonilla's uh, like main aide or assistant or whatever, and then like his one buddy, his one mercenary buddy, who's like the machine gunner dude, and they're trying to find all these other soldiers, and so they wrangle up an army of like other mercenaries. And then they have also got set up on um, on the Honduran side for when they arrive, a bunch of locals that'll fill out kind of like extra forces as well. Um, and they do this whole, it's amazing, they do this whole kind of cat and mouse thing with the CIA who don't want them to, oh, no. launch, to launch a coup from American soil. So they're like, we know you, not, not directly, but they, they are aware that they're going, that they're planning a coup <laughs> and they don't care about the coup they just don't want them to launch it from american soil because then it's going to come back on them <laughs> so they've got look look look, look 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 sorry <laughs> sorry 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 your coup your coup checks out the, all the paperwork is here we are fine with it we just can you can you can you come off can we come out of cuba or maybe like you know like <laughs> yeah. like hawaii or something just just get the boats over there and then bring them back that's all we need you to do and everything will be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sounds like no just... we have to go now we have to go now let's go it's kind of a comic scene of like New Orleans in its prime, you know, like in mm -hmm. like its absolute heyday as like the center of trade in that part of the world and just everything that it ever kind of was mythologized as it, it is in that moment in nice like in this era. It's like the Tortuga and, of, of the Americas, I guess. Exactly. It's Tortuga. No, it's <laughs> on the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and these guys are doing this like, okay, well, let's wait till we lose the CIA agents that we can set off, <laughs> jump on this ship and hop onto this other ship and sail down to Honduras and do Fuck a yeah. coup. Um, so he's got over 100 soldiers from New Orleans. Uh, he's got local support. Sam provides all the weaponry and transport. The he just like bought like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, an army's worth of weapons. Like, Wes, Wes, you need to read "War Is a Racket" by Smedley Butler. Like, those weapons. If you can make money off of those weapons, once you're done using them in your military, why not? You know that quote: "War, war never changes." What they're talking about is this. 
<laughs> I guess, yeah. You, you got to get those guns. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, the first attempt, however, to overthrow the government in 1910 fails. <laughs> so it doesn't quite work out. They're going to have to keep on planning and keep on shaking those CIA tails um, for a little while longer, but not too much longer. The following year, they tried again and prevailed. Uh, their victory was confirmed Success. at the Battle of La Sieva. Um, the force was plussed up by their patron Sam, including additional surplus U.S. guns and a retired Navy ship. What a great time to be alive where you can just like be Fine like, hey, ships. Do we, we need more guns. Let's throw money at a retired Navy ship. And they just were <laughs> like, you're retired now. Just go do whatever. And the guy was like, yeah. hell yeah, mercenary time. <laughs> if you love something, set it free. Never, never do it for free. <laughs> Always get paid. I love it. Um, and the U.S. government actually uh, played a supporting role in an, in an oh, indirect sense, but a very crucial sense. Uh, so they had issued an order in the middle of kind of the conflict that was unfolding. They issued an order banning further fighting in Honduras uh, <laughs> at, an, at an official level, which really only served to stop the existing president from engaging his military <laughs> because obviously the insurgents are like what, what do you we're, mean we're gonna fighting? keep going <laughs> they basically just hit the turn off army button basically yeah. like <laughs> that's the thing because this president was already like okay like let's get some jp morgan bankers down here and we'll set up yeah, the, you yeah. know your tax system and we'll pay back the brits that all sounds fine to me and then there's mm -hmm. like oh you don't want us to fight anymore sure we'll just stop fighting obviously yeah. it's not that straightforward but this dude's it, ironically enough amiable enough to american influence yeah but not amiable to sam's influence he's like no <laughs> official government or nothing so right um in he was a libertarian ahead of his time in a way or not no what's the opposite i guess not a libertarian. he was like a i don't know whatever he was like the opposite of a libertarian he was like no freedoms only, for anyone no freedom for anyone <laughs> he's like just government only the government can be corrupt everyone else has to play by the rules <laughs> that's pretty standard uh, yeah, actually okay yeah that's fair he's just basically just a garden variety centrist <laughs> Um, so the existing president, uh, Bonilla, that's been installed, uh, he basically just puts Lee Christmas into the role of general, <laughs> which is awesome. Going from the streets of New Orleans with a bunch of other mercenary soldiers to general of Honduras. It's like I, Honduran you basically military. run the country because like it's already, you've already installed the president through the military. So if you run the military, you're basically calling the shot. Like you're like, okay, the president can do what he wants, but he better not fuck with me. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that, there's obviously implications <clears throat> there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Um, and oh, then all like Sam's like probably just can't wait. He's I'm gonna get back to my banana business now. You guys uh, sort of yeah, this yeah. country you guys figure out this like <laughs> fucked up yeah. balance of power. I just need the bananas. Totally. You bananas flow. Know, we're fine. Yeah. Let me know when the government in this country gets too ripe again. I'll come yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Christmas's tactical use of machine guns in La Sieva was studied and adopted widely. Um, studied mm -hmm. afterwards and, and then adopted widely uh, during World War One. 
Um, well, did a guy named Lee Christmas figure out how to use machine guns more lethally? Merry Christmas! Well, and it's actually credited to his <laughs> like gunner buddy whose name oh. um, escapes me. Apologies to second that banana dude. within the second banana. Um, obviously a complete monster. But, yeah, but but Christmas, <laughs> but, who led the force, was the one who tactically used the gun right, to such right, great effect. Okay. And just a little bit of detail about that. Um, I think what it was was that gun and then a gun that they took from um from the government forces in one of the early battles they set them up at um at intersecting angles Ooh, on like the, a on the pitch of battle and they f- fucked shit up yeah is that, is. i think that's called an enfilade or something like that yeah i, yes, wanna, I yeah, think that it, i yeah. think that might be what it's called so it's, this, but this this is like an innovation <clears throat> in the tactical use and of that it, it's crazy how intimidating a machine gun would be in like pre-world war one oh. times <laughs> like dude just totally. just even if it didn't have any bullets just having one probably show up on the battlefield is just, enough to like make the other army negotiate it's like it's, imagine you're a guy that's just like oh yeah they'll shoot and stuff but like whatever like that you know they can only shoot so many bullets and then all of a sudden it's just like like, yeah, no, yeah. Or you're like, no. here, let's stand behind this stand of trees, and then two minutes later, it's like, oh, there's no more stand of trees. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can I stand behind you? Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So this obviously went really well for everyone involved. Yeah, man. Except for I mean, everyone, yeah, yeah. except the people that didn't have machine guns. <laughs> except for the existing, yeah, <laughs> the the existing government of Honduras and the Honduran people. But um, for Sam and for uh, Christmas and f- yeah, and f- for the banana company generally, it was Bananas. gangbusters. Yeah, I mean, really, got a what's, bunch what, more we're, plantations. What, we're, what we're hoping for here is for things to go well for the banana company. That's really, yeah, everyone. That's the goal. Well. Yeah. So out of this, and this is something that you alluded to, Joe, earlier, but the template for kind of like a corporate slash state foreign intervention in a sovereign government uh-huh. was borrowed from this very coup and applied to the over in the overthrow of Mossadegh in Iran oh in 1953, uh, which I believe instead of bananas, that was BP yeah, oil. Yeah, BP oil. Um, bananas, subs- oil uh you know uh toasters whatever it doesn't matter you just gotta the goods the capital must flow that's what that's what the people want that's true i love that like almost like 50 years later they're still doing the same thing basically yeah absolutely Uh, so and from there it's only been kind of adapted and refined and Mm -hmm. iterated on in coup attempts you know like i can't help but think maybe um like Juan Guaido or whatever in what? Venezuela. The, might he's, have been. he's pioneered the use of chair throwing really is what he's done. <laughs> the tactical use of chair yeah, throwing. Tactical, that, tactical that, chair strength. In that bar, in that bar it, hap- it happened twice. It happened at two of his events. They started throwing that. Like, it's like Juan Guaido is like the like guy who keeps trying to do a coup in Venezuela and he just keeps fucking it up. And he had two events that he went to where it ended with the guys just throwing the plastic chairs that they put out in the venue at each other. And then uh, he gets in a fight out just outside in, the, yeah. in the alleyway. Yeah, yeah. And they're still like, the, our, our own government is still like, very sad to hear about the interim president of of Venezuela. This is like, this guy is like, <laughs> yeah, like this dude, guy can't even nobody. be, he's oh, beer hall guy, pushed yeah. twice now. He's, he's like, okay. he's, he's done a failed now. coup twice. And I guess they think if they just keep trying eventually, like 
yeah, interim. But yeah. <laughs> they still call him interim president. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, so by 1913, the U.S. government um, forced United Fruit to sell its stake in Cuyamel in order to meet an antitrust quota. So because they had partial ownership in in Sam's company, that added to their like total ownership quotient, which they needed to reduce because they were they were trust busted. Yeah, um, which, is, which is, you know, kind of a good thing, a good idea, I guess. Yeah, um, in a certain sense. In a certain sense. And then in another sense, it's like, that shit's dumb. <laughs> well, again, like, no, not to be, not to actually, like, the point of that book that I was talking about, um, uh, it's uh, the rise of, or the dawn of, uh, the making of global capitalism. Um, and, uh and and what their what their argument is is actually there's it's sort of a myth that America has a very weak state. America has a very strong state, but it's only strong when it comes to essentially like doing what's necessary to preserve capital flow. And that's what the trust busting really was. Was it was sort of dressed up as this anti corporate thing, but really what it was was to make sure that capital kept moving around and had liquidity in a lot of ways. Because that otherwise, was, yeah. yeah, because otherwise monopolies take over and then the market becomes too top heavy. Yeah. And it, it stops <clears throat> being about what, what consumers want, what the economy needs. And it starts being about what these huge monopolies want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need. They basically become what Sam was in Honduras in America. And America was like, we saw what happened there. We're not doing that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the government's role really is to facilitate all of that, which we're yeah. seeing like, this is absolutely the earlier ish kind of roots being, being planted mm-hmm. for, for that exact structure. Um, but the, the main, the other main role that the U S government has and that the, and that governments around the world have is as a backstop or as like a, like a buffer between yeah. corporate existence and the public because if you keep on stripping the social fabric of anything of value and funneling it upwards towards people who own everything eventually obviously everyone's going to be uneasy about that and kick up a fuss and And so the government steps in and throws the crumbs that keep everyone the crumbs and from revolution them trickle down this was crumbs. uh this was that was happening in this time that was that was the, this was the time when that shit was kicking off when they were really totally. starting to see what uh, happened when you didn't actually interfere and when a government became like again like the russian government at this point was like a fucking disaster yeah. and they were already they had already had you know a, a very a few attempts you know similar to what we're talking about here of like Oh, not yeah. not the Bolsheviks, but, you know, number of, of different revolutionary forces. And I mean, you know, this was post way post France, but also post like the Paris Commune and all that stuff. So there was definitely a very big fear of sort of some sort of actual, you know, you know, mass revolution and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. <clears throat> so, um, so United Fruit ha- doesn't have a stake in QML anymore. Sam is in full control of the company and he's continuing to expand aggressively, purchase, purchasing 20 new ships and he diversifies the company's <gasps> offerings into new produce such as coconuts, palm oil, sugarcane, lumber, and cattle. 
And he's like, yes, yeah, that's, that's right. I'm no longer the banana man. I'm the coconuts, palm oil, sugarcane, lumber, and cattle man. Cattle man. Sing us a song, coconuts, palm oil, sugarcane, lumber, and cattle man. Sing us a song of diversification. But all of this is basically to hedge against the volatility of banana crops. Because if, mm. if a hurricane came through or, you know, something happened, then a whole harvest could get wiped out and then your profits are wiped oh, no. out for that. If a, if a banana so. eating monster just stormed through Honduras and ate all the bananas and <laughs> Lee Christmas couldn't stop it. Where's, where's Billy going? <laughs> and wait, I know that there was a, has that happened at this point? Was, was there the, the monster? The yeah. Blight? That had happened earlier in <laughs> yeah. Nicaragua, actually there was okay. a, a banana monster. Right. Well, and there were like Wes, uh, you bring that up, but there were actually some ecological impacts that were not, I think, anticipated that came yeah. from like the monocultures and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they would grow all this one kind of banana and the original, yeah, the grow, the original like shippable produce banana was called the big Mike. <clears throat> and then that gradually died off. Yeah. It just kind of got like a disease because all bananas, they don't have new seeds. Every banana plant is from another mm -hmm. banana plant. Mm -hmm. And so, so highly, highly susceptible. Yeah. Yeah. Highly, highly vulnerable. Apparently. I, I'm not sure why I'm not a, somebody that and, would know that, but a botanist or the, something. But. Yeah. Well, the, the like shallow gene pool means that if one, Banana is susceptible to a disease. They're exactly. all susceptible to the disease. Exactly. Yeah. So big, the big Mike strain of banana. Um, and the banana is actually technically a, a herb. Isn't it a berry? What? And well, the banana plant is, oh. a, is a herb. And okay. the banana fruit itself is technically a berry. You're right. Absolutely right. Okay. That's, I didn't yeah. know the wow. plant was a herb. Weird, yeah, I just want to smoke some banana. Plant. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was I'm gonna try smoking some banana later. Like back in the day, I feel that like was banana that peels. I remember like someone being like, You could roll up and smoke a banana peel and get high, man. And I was like, That sounds really dumb. <laughs> and then we tried it immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was that sounds dumb. dumb. Cut to two minutes later, the three of us, like, I think that I feel something. Mean, <laughs> That doesn't mean we didn't have a good laugh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the big Mike got wiped out by disease. And that's um, the, that's the flavor gradually. that is like what fake banana flavor is based on. Right. Is and it? that's why fake I banana flavor mm. doesn't taste like bananas anymore. Maybe. I don't know. I don't I, know. If that's true, that, then I don't know. But I think yes, I've heard that case story. That they were bigger and they were sweeter than the Cavendish, which is the banana that we eat these days. But mm -hmm. every single banana, unless it's a ban in, uh, unless it's a plantain, or a finger, or like a lady finger or whatever. Fingerling, no, Fing it's potatoes. Fingerling bananas, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but there's only like three or four huh. active strains, and most mm. of them are, or or the main one is the Cavendish. Right. Right. Um, the, the Cavendish banana. But but it's also Sounds dying fancy. off. It's also in the process right, of right. Fuck. Being right. dude. Yeah. Wes Edwin's kids could not know what a banana is. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. Books. 
We'll okay. use science. <laughs> science will save us. Science will definitely. Science has saved us so many times. Yeah, it's never. Science, it's will, never science could come up with a new genetically diverse banana if we they threw enough re- money at it. They could re-engineer the Big Mike already. They come could. On. They well, yeah, they they probably definitely could. Mm-hmm. Or you they could probably f- take a Cavendish and make it into a Big Mike is probably what they yeah. could do as well. Yeah. Science, um, gene editing. It's gonna get us. It's gonna get us through this through this thing <laughs> definitely <laughs> i wish i shared your optimism, theoretically yeah, yeah i i do too <laughs> we'll we'll save that our societies sounds like a whole other episode yeah yeah yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. don't worry about it don't worry we'll about it no, don't worry no bad has ever come from any type of gene stuff type of just talking about genetics in general has never led to bad (laughs) things never led exactly joe glad you're on my side anyway continue so (laughs) local governments in the central american peninsula are all fairly well aligned with sam at this stage um qml's biggest obstacle in the region is its main competitor united fruit and they clash often and in earnest over the course of the coming decades no it's like an epic showdown that just plays out and it's utterly absurd because in the this buying is, and selling of bananas and farming and in the middle of other people's country yeah <laughs> just, hey. right. two, yeah 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 two yeah. american just, companies that's the best like, place to have a war i like yeah. you've written here sorry i don't know if you read this already but they you know what i'll let i love this sentence right here i'm highlighting it i it's such a great sentence yeah um, do you want to read it or should I read? It? I'm sorry. I should let you read it. I don't know if you read it. all. You might've said it already. I, I, I said it. half of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, they clashed in, uh, they clashed often in, and in earnest over the course of the coming decades, um, which included pranks, sabotage, legal action, and at times direct violence. Pranks. <laughs> like what was the pranks? What were they, they were like but stealing they like the bananas and re- like replacing tra- the big mics with cabin dishes. Like, Ooh, they would like booby trap each other's infrastructure. And oh stuff yeah. And Just like... banana peels all over the floor. Like whoop, whoop. Yeah. all over the place more banana peels on that train track yeah they're just like they're, they're like yeah. go-karting around honduras mario kart style throwing banana peels in each other this was the this is the origin of mario kart right here yeah it is. They, nintendo was looking at at the banana wars for sure crucial crucial nintendo inspiration yeah <laughs> um QML fruit was eventually sold to United Fruit as facilitated by the U.S. government in order to end this conflict. These two companies oh. were fighting, and it was becoming a liability. So the American government mm-hmm. forced them. Is that that that's awesome. that, that classic that's, that's laissez-faire know, American yeah. government again? <laughs> that's when you know your beef has got out of hand. Yeah. Well, um, the, the I, U.S. is like, we have to do something. But Guys, this is. This is kind of like, you know, decades later, mm-hmm. certainly, then they had done the exact opposite. And obviously the proportions would be different at that stage, but QML Fruit would have been a really big company. And United Fruit was also a very big company at this stage. Right. Um, but like United Fruit was definitely bigger than QML, but like we're not talking about small companies here. And they had just finished a couple of decades earlier busting up United Fruit Jeez. for having too much of a monopoly. And now they're forcing it to buy <laughs> this other 
which is just right. like what <laughs> you don't what like me i don't here? like you 10 years ago we busted you up we Let's gotta put you back together we, <laughs> we busted this trust now we gotta trust this bus back together and then you have to buy everything else because we we cannot do this anymore okay it didn't work we're going backwards it'll all be okay nothing bad can come of this yes you owe us a coup or two <laughs> yeah or two so as part of the deal, Sam isn't allowed to start another company and compete against United. Oh Fruit. man, come on. But he can buy an ownership stake in the company oh. when the same depression era pressures that nudged him to sell QML in the first place afflict the overstretched and mismanaged at that stage United Fruit Company. See, you guys shouldn't have, you guys shouldn't have bought all that. I don't know why you guys bought all that stuff. You made us. I don't we didn't make you. We forced you. You should, you should, we didn't say you had to, we just forced you. If you'd said no one more time. It's just wild how convoluted this all gets. And I realized like real life is complex, but I feel like it could probably be a little bit less complex if you didn't have to have your fucking hand in every single country. Yeah. yeah. Well, this (laughs) is also like as the the U S government, like just fucking back off and this is over like Mm. decades like we we talk about it totally is we condensed it into three paragraphs but this is like that's right um yeah you don't have to listeners sam Sam made 31.5 million dollars out of the deal i need to know i need to go back to the inflation calculator (laughs) um so but this would be around 1930 1920 like it's in the, the depression era so <laughs> worth 104 billion dollars today i don't know i don't know i don't i don't oh try oh that's a 1900 hold billion? on i gotta go to like 19. oh my god crazy absolutely crazy it's still like 52 so, billion dollars like it's i mean that's not really i, I don't i don't want to like say that the internet calculator is accurate but you know so uh, as part of the deal sam can't start another company and compete against united fruit yes right 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 but, yes. he, but he can buy an ownership stake in that company when the same depression era pressures that nudged him to sell Kuyamel afflict the overstretched and mismanaged United Fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Again, you guys and, shouldn't, uh, yeah. shouldn't, 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 you guys shouldn't have let us bust you up like that. Come on. And then, and then put you back together. That really fucked you up. Like that's a big mistake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really? Yeah. Too much Old acquisition. Have you guys yeah. heard about the depression that's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I would just hold tight, but you know, whatever you do, you, <laughs> take it so, over <laughs> so that's exactly what he does um as he buy so he buys up as many shares as he can because the price of the stock had gone down um kind of like completely dramatically as part of the depression oh yeah and clever so he's buying these shares at like you know a dollar each when they were up at like a hundred dollars each Oh, and he gobbles up as many shares as he can. I'm not even going to put that into the inflation calculator. Buy low. It's not worth it. Um, and he gets um, he gets enough shares so that he gets a spot on the board, right? I think if you have a majority uh, yeah. uh. majority stake, then you get to have a board seat regardless. And then he lobbied the other board members and got their proxy votes to basically vote out the rest of the existing board. And wow. 
so that he got to pick all of the board members. Yeah, this is and like then, that succession wow, shit where they're like, we're yeah, doing a bear hug. And it's you're like, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but okay. You know, it's like a leverage buyout where, where you leverage exactly. the guy and you, you flip the shares and you get the company to buy the other company and switch it places. So then they have to buy it or their stock collapses. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it, but I really like the succession theme. We're doing Sounds a poison exactly pill, it. golden helicopter, hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I need ABQ wrapped terms. up like a pig in a blanket. Are you my butcher boy? Like that kind of stuff. Sizzle piggy. Yeah. Sizzle. Uh, yes. So yeah, he does one of those um, <laughs> succession thingies. Yes. <laughs> um, and he's attributed... Um, yeah, so he restructures, once he's in power, he restructures entirely, decentralizes power in the company and makes it profitable again. He's attributed the wow. following quote from the moment of his takeover of the board. You've been fucking up this business for long enough. I'm going to straighten it out. Wow. So we just have that on tape. Ass. Runs in, like this dude spends his time in the jungles, on the plantation, um, on the boat, back and forth in Central America. Yeah. He's up in Boston or whatever in in the boardroom, fucking throwing down the gauntlet on these <laughs> executives and taking over the whole show. Right? The CEO's mm -hmm. like, I should have mm -hmm. blue shelled mm -hmm. you when I had the chance. <laughs> and and the context, obviously, of all of this is as well. You know, he was in United Fruits Shadow his whole yeah. career, which is decades and decades deep at this at this stage and the last couple of decades in particular his qml fruit had been at loggerheads with united fruit doing this prank like battle almost fighting almost open war in latin america for the last two decades right oh and suddenly he's <clears throat> he's snatched power from all these executives in in their in their boardroom which is a fantastic like count of money Cristo moment there's no like i get i start to, you start to see why these guys get addicted to these things like why it's like it starts to become okay. about the thing itself like you know like corporate raiders or whoever could be like a greater rush there's well, no there's egos like, get no, wrapped up and personalities and like oh this guy okay well i don't even care if i can make a profit let's fuck this guy over. yeah exactly <laughs> and thing. even just that you think about the high of like i think about sometimes when i think i'm about to like not make something that i'm trying to do and then i i make it and it's like, I snatch it from the jaws of defeat. Like how good that feels when I'm like doing a sketch show or something mm -hmm. like that. Like where I'm like, oh, I don't think people are going to laugh at the sketch. And then you get a huge laugh and you're like, like, imagine when it's like, you get to tell the guy you've been like literally having a, a like proxy war with for 30 years. Like you've been fucking up the business long enough. It's <laughs> yes. my turn. Like you'd just be like your serotonin levels would just like be fucked. You'd never be able to be like to feel good again after that. <laughs> Yeah, as delicious as a perfectly ripened or unripened banana. Oh. <laughs> Depending on what your preference is. Big Mike or Cavendish. That's my <laughs> preference. I've never tasted a Big Mike, I don't think. Yeah, yeah me either. I mean, we've tasted well, like the fake Big Mike. It would be impossible to get yeah, unless it's the candy, the fake simulation. Yeah, which, that's the only know, way we can know it. Is yeah. Ever. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's Baudrillard's hyper-reality. It's outrageous is what that yeah, is. I'm not going <laughs> to... We'll save that for another episode. Um, so, yeah. And under his leadership, United Fruit thrives, uh, grows to become the, the largest landowner in several Central American countries, including wow. Honduras. Uh, he wow. was hands-on. 
and ground level in his approach, and he was ruthless with weakness amongst his employees. So I'm starting to That's think this whole be. like down in the trenches in the fields is not necessarily a like like making yourself beloved by your employees, working with the little man type thing. I'm thinking it's like a it's like oh that guy's not working out. Yeah, I am. well, it might be. I think you know. I mean, it, you know, it. Why not both? I think he. I think it's yeah, in, yeah, probably fair. in his blood to be like coming from where he came from and all of that, he wants to be in touch with it all. Um, maybe it's like a, you know, a paranoia thing or like he needs oh, to, yeah. he doesn't, maybe he doesn't trust people. So he needs to be there <laughs> to make sure that's actually happening. <laughs> well, I mean, he's um, also running like a company that he fucked people out of and he like, he basically now has to like stay on top <clears throat> too. Oh. So like you can imagine, like, it's not, not exactly that you can't when, when you have a huge company and you have to rely on other people, like you become that way because it's not like you can, if, if anyone else fucks up, your ass is on the line too. Right. Oh, totally. And I also feel like when you know that something has been as, um, you know, like daisy chained or like as kind of ad hoc and just right. kind of turned out so well, you're probably just like, oh my God, someone who's like as smart as me, but has like, you know, two extra guns or something is going to come in and take this mm -hmm. all away from me mm -hmm. because why didn't, I don't know, I'm just selling fucking bananas. Like this isn't rocket science here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like basically almost it's enslaving, I'm almost enslaving people, like completely undermining their democratic process or their sovereignty of their country <clears throat> yeah. and exploiting, you know, these kind of like regional loopholes to be able to perpetuate i don't know a white supremacist like yeah. colonial system here and i'm the one who's benefiting from and it not all. even because you're like it ideologically committed to it else. just for the, the for the banana money for the money like, exactly yeah. which is the thing like the idea yeah. the idea isn't even uh present you know yeah. like the, the money is all that's present and that's yeah. what's driving all of this and it just happens that the way that it's set up it benefits the like north american white supremacist project yeah. and the i you know the I mean, regional, you know, the it, regional hegemon i don't want to say it wasn't ideological at all like you know like that's it's hard to say it's, it's because say. ideology is, is reproduced by you know people's interests but yeah exactly but right in this case it's like it's kind of just the default is like this yeah. banana industry is yeah. going to continue happening and it's going to continue to be exploited. Well, and banana companies weren't woke back then either so that's also a part of it. <laughs> they're 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 too woke to do this now it's true right right guys it's, banana companies yeah, are too woke to like, do anything like this now well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that no. name a banana company uh um, chiquita dole dole yeah so dole i think well I, I don't think dole yeah i don't think dole is good a good company at all i bet we <laughs> I think they've probably been so, involved in i'm gonna check their wikipedia i'm sure there is uh -huh. no controversy section on the dole wikipedia whatsoever right. but um yeah i don't think dole has much of a positive reputation in terms of avoiding a lot of these types of activities but mm. chiquita is actually just a rebranded united fruit Right, right. Oh yes. my God. Okay, so that's well. That's Chiquita. what happens when when that's 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 how they got woke. They brought in exactly. Chiquita exactly. banana, and she was Just here to say a female mascot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, female, a, female mascot. A, a woman of woman color. Of color yeah. A woman of color is is running the United Fruit Company. Pretty, yeah, that's that's a good rebrand. So 
so yeah, Sam is the head dude at United Fruit at this stage. He did um, it. He made the, it. The company sacrifices 19 vessels to the Allied cause in World War II, which he takes in stride in light of the context. Um, He's like, I got, I, I got, I still got those those cruise <laughs> yeah. ships. We'll pull up. We'll bring back the banana Navy. cruise. Come on, kids will love it. <laughs> got and, my old crew Navy. And during that same era, he begins working with Edward Bernays. Oh, Edward come Bernays. on. The guy, the guy, the, the guy what invented the ideology? <laughs> what's he? The no. capitalist guy? Wait, what was he? What did no, he no, do he again? Was, he's the PR, the PR propaganda, guy. Right, the, the guy it. that basically created like the Godfather. Mark, of you gotta get this relations. because your brain tells you you need this. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, he using was... psychology to market to people uh, and yeah, also yeah. to build consensus or manufacture consent yeah i think that was episode manufacturing consent that's it i want to say 11 or 12 PR that we did journalism. PR. yeah pr and pr versus journalism yeah. good episode mm-hmm. go back mm-hmm. check it out uh craig also did that episode so mm-hmm. we're seeing some nice little tie-ins here i feel nice. like i may have found out about sam jamuri in preparing for that oh, episode nice and kept okay. it on nice. the old the old back burner that is like a really big thing we keep coming back to is how many like bananas are within bananas you know, it's like true. bananas, second bananas is really like, we should have called it Russian doll podcast almost. Cause I feel like that's kind of what we deal with when we actually, you the know, when we, yeah, there's yeah. so many layers. There's usually a hidden banana with, yeah. within every hidden, episode. The, the hidden oh, banana. Big time. <laughs> so the social, political and environmental impacts of the produce industry in Central America with bananas largely at its core are absolutely devastating. Cool. And mm-hmm. uh, think about Sam, that every time you eat a banana. <laughs> no <laughs> i do i know it's heartbreaking just we totally live. pavlov's There's dog response no. you everyone to hate bananas <laughs> but sam so is good. on a larger scale than previous back to hacking and slashing his way through virgin jungle with armies of underpaid and highly vulnerable employees all on the back of concessions from local government that are either thoroughly bought and paid for or else they are threatened to be replaced until they can be bought and paid for wow this leads us into mm-hmm. the Guatemalan coup. Oh, he's going to so do another coup? coup? This is Sam, Sam is a two-coup he is man. Two coup. Oh, dude. He's he two-coup two for school. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Wes. I but feel like you I got it. Yeah, yeah, you got, hey, hey you, you earned it. <laughs> Delightful. So in the early 1950s, the Guatemalan government was threatening to appropriate and redistribute a bunch of land that United Fruit owned or held. Um, then that's the thing about all of this, even from the beginning when Sam was doing his aggressive, like buy-ups of land in Honduras, um, the deeds were from the government official that he interacted with. <laughs> so wow. there could have very easily been other deeds for that land. Jesus. And I feel like that was part mm. of the whole hands-on thing too, is that he's like, I can't take anything for granted out here. I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay yeah. here and make sure I, all my land is still my land. Kind of right, thing. Go back to Chicago? No, no, thank you. No, go back to Mobile, Alabama? Not well, at all. So he, yeah, and he, all, uh-huh. during all of this time, he was living in New Orleans. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. That's, oh. that, that, that's what, where his base was. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, the, the Guatemalan government was a socialist government not aligned in any like in any um 
outward facing way with the Soviets or with communism? No, they, they thought that would save them or, you know, that was sort of the, the... they were trying to keep an arm's length a little bit because they knew that that would probably, but anyways, so yeah, they had their policy as a sovereign country actually trying to enact. Come to think of it. I do think the blowback podcast about Cuba name checks Sam Zamuri at one point. Oh dude, I'm sure. And, and I name check Cuba at the end of this episode uh-huh. <laughs> so um and yeah the government was planning on redistributing this land to the population to the peasants of the country so that they would have something to live on and to feed them are you kidding me and a way of existing why can't they live I, off bananas come on yeah i mean you Zimuri felt the same way so he um, he dropped a fresh collab with Eddie Bernays on a PR campaign to convince um, to convince actually the elite in the U.S. And this is very much Edward Bernays's, um, I think, innovation in PR is that he realized that like dropping pamphlets for everyone to pick up on the street and be like, oh, something's happening. Uh... is like it's pretty ineffective. It's like, you know, it's like peeing in the ocean. You know, yeah. no one's really going to notice. and so his innovation was that you have to appeal to the elites of the country, mm-hmm. get the media and the elites and then the government on board. And then they, once they're on board, then they'll help with the, the masses kind of thing. So what they did was basically appeal to the government saying that the Guatemalan government was Soviet aligned and that uh, it was a threat. Um, and so a threat that close to American soil in their backyard, they very much considered Latin America and South America to be within their kind of um, sphere, of, sphere yeah. of influence. And so this was an absolute red flag for them. And the campaign was successful. They completely convinced Honey, the U.S. If he US redistributes government. land to his peasants, that's a red flag. Don't date him. <laughs> Coo him instead. Back on up. Yeah. Out of there. Out of Guatemala. So, um, or in, hey. technically, you want to back on up into Guatemala and coup him if he demonstrates this red flag. So, <laughs> so, so they, they've enlisted the US government effectively to, to campaign and, and propagandize the American people because that's what's going to make it acceptable for them to get involved with anything down there. Um, because there's really no <sighs> reason other than that. Yeah. So basically, the American government's providing PR support to justify a coup action against Jacobo Arbenz and install a military junta led by Carlos Castillo Armas. Um, Carlos was coincidentally not going to redistribute any land. To oh, any coincidentally, yeah, obviously. Well, he That's was going to redistribute it, just not to not to local citizens. In a way, in a manner exactly. of speaking. <laughs> exactly. So they definitely, that, that was like a pretty easy success. Um, it was, while while the coup, I think, was not necessarily aided by a lot of U.S. official military support, there was enough, but it didn't need to be much. I mean, Nicaragua wasn't, um, or sorry, Guatemala wasn't somewhere that needed a lot to, mm-hmm. yeah. to be defeated militarily. Um, and so that was like a breeze for them and it was Sam's second, second coup, which is, you know, good for him. Yeah. Um, He's two for three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Really. Exactly. (laughs) Think about it. 
he eventually left United Fruit and the banana game behind entirely, the former of which suffered greatly for his absence and crumbled within a decade. I mean, not into like wow. non-existence, but was <laughs> yeah. like a shell of its former self and yeah. was kind of being outcompeted and outplayed. And it- it took, a, it took a, a clever young woman named Chiquita Banana to turn it around. <laughs> yeah, she came into the boardroom and she said, you guys have been fucking up this business for long enough. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then the spirit of Sam Zamuri was like, she's the one. She's the one. I guess he changed from, he changed from Robin Williams into a, a guy from a 1920s musical, but whatever. <laughs> so in his retirement, Sam turned to philanthropy in support of Tulane University, which is a big university in New Orleans, in Georgia, um, at least. And, um, and where he gained a substantial estate. Um, he also committed his interest to Zionism, interestingly enough, which he wasn't really mm. a practicing Jew right. um, throughout his well, life. Yeah. And wasn't necessarily like an and outwardly yeah like he didn't he didn't have any sort of religious aspect to his judaism he was just a, a jewish person no. by birth um so he kind of came into his faith i guess and came into um zionism in particular it's really and not a requirement for zionism to be a very faithful jew unfortunately that's fair no, sorry. i don't I'm, know yeah, i'm actually but, conflating no, you're, but... you're absolutely right um so he i think both embraced some aspect of the spirituality right, and, right. So, started, and some yeah. aspects of the zionistic well and that would have been yeah. like i mean again he obviously would have lived through world war ii and then learned everything and and that was a big impetus for a lot of american mm-hmm. jews to sort of really mm-hmm think like you know we shouldn't just be out here in other countries that can like turn on us and like you know i mean you know it's not it's not entirely an an, 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 um, an impulse i don't understand i just that unfortunately it got channeled into something pretty nasty uh another form of colonialism uh you know the state mm-hmm. of israel yeah 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 another white supremacist project in yeah. a different region of the world um Absolutely. And you know what? Sam Zamuri, through his connections from the banana industry from decades and decades um, at United Fruit and QML, had, um, was able to lobby and wrangle votes for the UN vote to ratify the state oh my God. of Israel. And those were crucial votes for actually making it happen because there, were, there are several countries in Latin America and um, Central America that he lobbied and got the yes vote from wow and that kind of tipped or helped tip the scales i mean it's hard to say which which vote made the made the thing happen but those votes didn't hurt that's for sure so he kind of called in those favors at that stage of his life because that's where he was and Mm -hmm. i thought you know um he was kind of an integral part of the campaign to plonk uh arguably european country in the middle of an existing middle eastern country <laughs> at the tip of the mediterranean anyways Woo! so that's an interesting uh, wrinkle for old sam it's kind of a big move <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um yeah and otherwise um uh operation zapata in 1961 <laughs> united fruit no longer led by the then nearly deceased to murray bankrolls the famously bungled bay of pigs invasion in Cuba, an attempt to coup the government of Fidel Castro 
um, Fidel, who was himself the son of a banana farmer who contracted for United Fruit, which was known throughout and is still known throughout Latin America as El Pulpo or El the Pulpo. octopus. Because nice. as, nice. as indicated by this story, another coup, a failed coup in another country, Cuba, um, to try and restore power to, you know, the pre-Castro government from Castro himself. I can't help but feel if Sam was there, he might have pulled it off and we might not, we might not even know who Castro was. I kind of feel like, well, no, this was already, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Castro yeah. was already in power at this stage, right, right, but right, yeah. this preserved his power, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But Castro had come from the fields of the farm, the, the banana plantation to take over the government mm -hmm. in his country and then turned away this coup attempt by United Fruit Company, the owner of that same banana company that owned the plantation that he grew up on, which is a delicious irony and absolutely thick you know, <laughs> narrative. But yeah. the fact that if Sam were still in the business and still alive and not retired or wherever he was at that stage, if he was involved, I mean, maybe the coup would have happened. But he would, have I mean, definitely, yeah. he would have definitely been there. If he was still at the yeah, helm yeah, of exactly, United Fruit, right? I'm sure he would have been involved in some way. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have been on any of the ships or anything like that, but he probably would have been pulling strings on it. And um, I think it's just delightful <laughs> that that failed. But yeah. also, I don't know, it's kind of the the poetic, um, the yeah, poetic that justice behind... The whole I mean, Fidel Castro arc was pretty sweet. Too. You know, there's that saying like capitalism yeah. digs its own grave and it's like, yeah, like, I mean, this isn't super direct in that way, but like <clears throat> the fact that they have like an evil nickname for United Fruit in Latin America is pretty <laughs> fucking telling, you know, like the octopus. I thought it meant with pulp, but hey, um, it, I, banana juice doesn't really come with pulp anyway. Um, yeah, I just even have <laughs> you could juice a banana. You can juice pretty much anything, <laughs> but peel. <laughs> yeah, this was kind of the first crack um, ever in sort of that. The, Cuba was like, I mean, Cuba was like pre. Um, was it pre Argentina or Chile? Uh, it would have been pre Chile, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, and in Argentina, it was in the seven. No, I think it was later. Yeah, I think it was maybe in the 80s even. Yeah, but like or the late I, 70s. Yeah, we again, if people want to know more about the Chile um coup of Salvador Allende, they can check out our episode on Victor ya Victor Hara. The original September 11th. Yeah. yeah, 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 actually, right. Um but it's just like, you know, I think like it's it is you're right, it's a poetic and it's like this evil company that sort of has succeeded in all these coups kind of getting that one final rebuke uh is kind of nice and kind of a nice from from the guy whose dad was a contractor for them and um well and the thing that i really like about it too is that it seemed like a lot of it was a lot of the coup attempts in leading up to this in this region certainly had been like you know the company kind of dragging the government the military in and being right. like, hey, like this is happening, like this can't happen or whatever. And then they're like, well, we don't want to have anything to do with this. We want to have plausible deniability, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually somehow they like drag them in. I feel like in this case, it was similar, but the government was also very, you know, JFK himself was maybe like, eh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't. 
I don't, I don't know what his actual position was, but I feel like the American military and like the state as a whole, the zeitgeist was very much like, yeah, let's get those fucking commies out of Cuba. Yeah. And exactly. so they were waiting yeah. for United Fruit to be like, we got some ships, we got some men and guns <laughs> and stuff yeah. in the region and stuff. And we really want to do a coup. <laughs> and they're like, all right, go make that happen. And they kind of like endorsed it mm-hmm. in the most kind of um, amiable terms possible as opposed to being like the hesitant like oh no no we don't want to we wouldn't dare mess with the you know a sovereign country they're kind of like yeah you know what anything we can do to jam these guys up Mm -hmm. and get get castro out of there like let's do it and so then they went to do it and they totally botched it and it's just delightful to see them fuck it up yeah well and it's like in a way like sam set the template like I don't, he wasn't the exactly. only one, but like no. clearly he was instrument. He was sort of like one of the first guys doing these, you know, who really like, like made the made the made the way, the way and like did some of the first ones. Like what totally. was his first one was back in like nineteen twenty or nineteen ten or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> to completely set the template, and like, that's the thing. They were like, ooh, ooh, um, what you did there, what you did there, do United Fruit, do that, do that look, one again, but Cuba, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we want to do it, we totally want to do it. Okay, well, let's do it. And then they just completely fucked it up. Yeah, <laughs> they should have. Like they should have added. They should have sensation. Should have done a séance and brought the spirit of Sam some <laughs> Right. But um, yeah, but yeah and, that's the story man. of our man, Sam the Banana Man. Sam the um, Banana Man, right? Crazy, man. crazy successful. You know, pretty deplorable, but also very like very notable American immigrant, self-made man. Like all of the values that you would probably. <clears throat> want to associate with a successful business person and then all of the ones that you wouldn't want to all or really i mean isolated in one person the same thing you know like you know this this is there any is is there a difference between a self-made man and and a guy who takes over a a self-made businessman and a self-made you know ruler of a fucking banana republic no you know it's the same takes the same qualities you know you have to basically like not give a shit about anyone but yourself like you know be ruthless it's a lot of the same characteristics and no wonder he was kind of both in a way well yeah but just the idea behind thinking that you can stand aloft a region and hold sway over every acre of it for your own personal benefit at the expense of the local population at the expense of the wider like system the wider society and right. and and just like up. leech off of this I mean, like it's all you're entitled to it all whatever you can grab you can have mm-hmm. until somebody tells you to to put it down that's, and then you just tell them to fuck off that's <laughs> you yeah. know like that's, uh, that was the idea it's part of the imperial handbook yeah handbook well, of imperialism yeah and and propped up at home by exactly what we talked about earlier which is like people who just wanted fucking bananas for their garden party or for their fruit salad you know like and again not not to say like everybody who ever ate a banana is as an awful person but nope. it's like yeah, i mean I, I think oh thanks all right <laughs> i think we I'll, can I'll, say I'll, that see, conclusively see myself out yeah 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 <laughs> if you've ever had a banana you're bad and that includes the three of us that's yeah that's fair but that's like fair. and all those babies out there yeah exactly babies you ate a banana you're canceled yeah mm-hmm. no um, more num nums no more <laughs> yes no more num nums um yeah i was gonna i was gonna say something else and now i forgot what it was i think 
we know um, if the banana trade is still so like fucked up like has... well it's all it's relatively fucked up for sure yeah, man. and it's also relatively less fucked up than it was for sure but it's still like these this is the thing is what this lays bare for me is the way that um the way that there's always like the way that capitalism works is to always chase that like mm-hmm. our, that imbalance, that arbitrage opportunity, yeah. that ar- that opportunity to mm-hmm. buy something somewhere and sell it for a windfall profit somewhere else. And you have to grow. And, and what's stop ta- growing. And yeah. what's taken with that, exactly. But in doing that, in finding those opportunities where you can undercut and then oversell, that's where the maximum profit is. And mm-hmm. so the only ways that you can do that is by undermining labor, by underpaying for the resources itself, or by having some sort of efficiency in like your your logistics or your yeah. like other other kind of functions but those three main things the logistics and the 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 material itself whatever that resource is and then the labor to extract it and move it those are the right. three areas that you can cut down on and, and i can yeah two of two of those are none of your business <laughs> yeah. like right. undercutting labor this is other people's lives and their jobs yeah. and what they do for <clears> a living and you're saying that what you do is less valuable so you get paid less and i'm going to put downward pressure on you saying you actually deserve less than what you're getting paid i'm actually going to give the job to somebody else if you don't do it the way i want you to and you should be grateful for what you're getting for it and, and if you and if you still don't do any of those, then I'm gonna bring Lee Christmas in to shoot you with machine guns. <laughs> machine gun you in the knees, and then where are you gonna work? And you're not gonna be able to earn anything. But as long as you can find the place on this planet where you can undercut labor in that way, and you can um, and you can exploit resources in a way, so you it it obviously involves some sort of consideration so there's a bribe or you have the favor of a politician somebody's like oh yeah you know come on in um we could our country could use your your gdp so by all means invest in a plant here if it means that you'll like take all the iron ore from our hills or something and set up these huge mining operations as long as you've given us some jobs or whatever like that's good enough for me and then, yeah. no, no, of course you don't need to pay taxes. Pay into the infrastructure that everybody in society relies on. Why nah, would you nah. need to do that? No, just take your mm-hmm. profits, pay your minimum wage to these mm-hmm. exploited workers and, you know, have be on your way. Uh-huh. And this is a race in all sorts of different layers. That's like the, bin- the basic binary of it. But it, so many different layers, it's just a race to see where you can go that people will let you get away with this shit. Yeah. And where you can bring that product back. Or and not even it, let you get away it with it. Same. Just don't have a fucking choice. Exactly. Like it's, it's either that or nothing, right? But, like, But this is where capitalism have, has evolved to, or, and I mean, this isn't, this isn't news or anything like that. Like really all the, all the new frontiers were being explored in this time, in Sam's and Marie's time. Yeah. Right. And we reached the maturity of all of that in like the 80s and 90s when it was just like outright, like, okay, China, like, we know you guys don't like uh, whatever health and safety very much. So we're going to set up a plant here and you can Mm -hmm. make all our shit. And they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then as long as we can undercut our competition, that's all that we're really worried about. And so this turned into a game of like, we're actually kind of 
like fucking ourselves over, but in such a convoluted way that we can't really tell <laughs> that it's happening. Well, and it's like the, again, like we, we talk about like the, the system, it's like, it's like nobody's, nobody buys a banana and like, like you don't buy a banana and feel the pain of someone getting machine gunned in Honduras, right? Like you buy the banana and you taste the banana and it's good. Yeah, and it's the product. You're and like, the product I, wanna, I like bananas. I'm going to buy more bananas. And that gives them more money to machine gun more people or whatever. Right. And yeah. it's like Sam died, luckily for him, like right on the edge of that machine. And again, like we talked about him sort of, you know, going through all these like, they, they busted his trust and then they trusted his bus and then they made him, they made him buy the company that he fucked over and that he ruled over. And it's like, there was that era up until like, basically like the sixties and seventies when the, when the inflation really started, because there was sort of a different balance of power between labor and, and capital and all that stuff. Um, and it got so bad just after Sam died and there was nobody was making any money because right. they had gone to all the countries and done that in every country. And the only thing left to do was like all the regulations that they used to sort of maintain, again, like just make sure either like, you know, workers, workers were employed so they could buy these bananas. Right. Cause that's the other thing is like, there was an alliance for a long time where it's like, okay, well, workers, as long as you don't strike and as long as you don't try and take over and run the factory yourself, we'll give you cool stuff from these other countries. We'll, yeah. we'll take this stuff and we'll give you all these treats. And Sam died just before that balance, like got fucked. And then the workers were like, Oh no, I I'm fat and lazy from eating all these treats. And I, I gave away all my ability to fight back with my union. And all of a sudden capital was like, Oh yeah, you guys, you, you know what? We're, we'll just give you more treats and you won't get those things anymore. And you don't have that protection. You don't have full employment. And it's sort of like he died before that era happened, but it was because he had basically like, there were no more frontiers. There mm -hmm. were no more places to go that would bring those new materials. Right. We'd seen it all. Yeah. So totally. yeah, I don't know. I don't but know where it, I was going with that, but, but it makes you wonder where it's, going next yeah, like, yeah what what will it actually come like, to when there's no more frontiers to exploit when you know when you've tried to send your recycling to every country around the world to so that you don't have to finally like mea culpa to your municipal population and say sorry it's actually all just going to the landfill i lied like you, it's gonna, you're gonna have to, the, I don't know, like something needs to uphold the system. And if not, then I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I don't know, we can continue for a while, but not well, indefinitely. I can tell you this, that this is where science comes in to save us again. <laughs> We've already got a crack team of scientists working on, there's these worms that eat styrofoam and so I think we're good. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about what about the fung the fungi that eats plastic? That them mm. too. That could be good too. Yeah. What happens if you combine the worms that eat styrofoam and the fungi that eat plastic I into think you some just, sort of you just save the fungal fungal worm? Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing can go wrong with a fungal you just, worm. I think you just solved the world waste problem. Um, I wonder. I I mean, you guys are talking about some great stuff, but I wonder if we couldn't also maybe go into space bring the, the fungal space. worm to space bring the fungal worm <laughs> to space and make it mine asteroids for like cell phone I material mean, that's definitely happening that will yep. be in our future and and that's really what the whole like billionaire space 
obsession thing smacks mm-hmm. of to me is just yeah. like these fucking there's resources ghouls, out there these ghouls are looking for a new frontier to yeah. fucking ro- to robber baron on yeah. because they've already they kind of have exploited the you know the justice system and the economies of the and countries on the earth best part enough. is they don't even have to spend money on bullets because there's no people that they need to machine gun Totally. Just, they can just go, or at least with as far as we know. I mean, maybe that'll be the next thing, right? Maybe, you know, they'll do all the solar system planets and they'll, you know, Elon Musk will be barren of Mars and Jeff Bezos will get all of Jupiter's moons or whatever, and what? they'll strip mine them and then they'll go out to the next solar system. And that's when they'll have to start lasering aliens to make sure they can get their like space bananas. Ooh, those sound delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for the space big mic. That's what I'm excited for. Totally. <clears throat> <laughs> sounds like a space jam trailer yeah exactly space jam three <laughs> space bananas well thanks for a great episode craig that was a really fascinating provoking so discussion really eye-opening i don't know if i can eat a banana yeah. in good conscience anymore exactly you're, yeah. you're woke to bananas now wes yeah i just mean like yeah they don't it seems like i there's probably something better i could eat but... i think that the search for ethical bananas starts here yeah, I don't know. There's a whole different conversation about ethical consumption, right? Like, what do you even do? I, this whole like individualizing. Oh, uh, you consume ethically. Are, thank you. It's, um, it's very easy, Craig. So, so I live off sunlight and dust. You haven't and achieved immaculate consumption yet. No. Immaculate consumption. <laughs> that is the dream. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there someday. I'll You'll live all off. I'll get there. Farts. Live off my own farts. I would like to photosynthesize. <laughs> It would, that would be really clever. Yeah. That's the technology that really needs to be worked on, I think. Yeah, they need to make us, they need to start injecting us with plant cells while we make fungal worms. Can't, can't see what would go wrong there. What if (laughs) a tree could make synth music when the sun is shining? Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Kind of like those dancing plants that like when music plays, they're like, yeah. "Ah." Except it's an actual plant. And it's actually photosynthesizing and synthesizing at the same time. It's a that's a great that's, dad. Pun that is right a breakthrough. There. You're welcome. The world could do it. I think. Yeah. Okay. I think we're gonna leave the audience on uh, photosynthesizers because oh. uh, brilliant, brilliant thing. Um, and thank you all for listening again to another episode of Second Bananas. Uh, if you want to follow us, we're at number two bananas pod on twitter and instagram i try i'm trying to post there again i've been leaving it off but i have i have started making uh graphics again for episodes so you'll see sam zamuri's face on this one and uh yeah you can also email us at secondbananaspod at gmail.com or dm us on social media if you've got suggestions for episodes thoughts um and uh you can find me i'm at under toad underscore rat on twitter i'm at stop joe now on instagram wes me yes uh you can follow me on social medias i am at w2 dubs on twitter and at west walcott on instagram and craig can people find you no we can't even see you right now is it a new new ad for you on twitter yeah, it's been a while. I haven't really, I don't think we've done ads on Twitter in a while. I changed it up. 
Uh, yeah, I was nice to him now and again. Fresh. My 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 workplace updated their social media policy, so I needed a little anonymity. As so it. you got a poster on the block, yeah, is what yeah, you're saying? Exactly. You got know it. What I'm saying, got yeah. it. Nice. I'll, I'm my my account is just basically 24 seven work slander, so it really helps. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um. And I'll we'll let you all get back to slandering your work, and we'll see you next month for another episode of Second Bananas. Bye-bye. Thanks, folks. Bye.